love me a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down the land through the sugar candy. He was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang a song of the land of middle Kennedy. Hey there. This is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Dirt nap and I sat in the shade and looked at the thermometer as the needle bounced right around 100 degrees. I looked down at my feet and watched the juice drain out of my blisters from the holes that I had just poked in them. We were utterly miserable. We had just passed 200 miles the day before, and we were worked. As soon as the temperature dropped, we packed our stuff up, gingerly put on our shoes, and headed up into the San Gorgonio Mountains. Every footstep hurt. I had blisters on the front of my feet. I had blisters on the back of my feet. I had blisters on the bottom of my feet. There was really no way I could walk where it wasn't excruciating. And all I could think about was how much it sucked to have the one thing, the one thing that I was doing, walking, hurt so much every single time that I did it. All day. The thought was, I mean, it was just too much to bear, and I descended farther and farther and farther into my wallow of self-pity, until I had worked myself up to the point that, as I was walking uphill, full pack, in the wind, in the heat, I started to cry. It turns out that trying to cry and walk uphill doesn't work out very well, because I immediately began to hyperventilate, and that's when I realized that I needed to either A, stop and feel sorry for myself, or B, quit feeling sorry for myself and keep walking, but I certainly couldn't do both at the same time. This episode is about feet, and this is The Sounds of the Trail. Welcome back to episode number three. I am your host, Gizmo. Before we go any further, we are going to hear from my friend 3D. 3D hiked with me on the Pacific Crest Trail at numerous points, um, and I recently had the chance to catch up with her and talk about all things related to long-distance hiking. And while I was asking her about expectations, this topic came up, so I will let you hear from her. I can't remember what my expectations were, honestly. I remember I didn't totally expect I think the, the experience pain, itself. The pain in my feet was erased any <laughs> I didn't expect to be I had a lot of pain in the beginning a lot of um my feet hurt um a ton and I I feel like my feet I, hurt does not oh yeah does no justice <laughs> to the experience those of words, feet hurting those words don't encapsulate that actual experience of feet hurt or what yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't have English terms like words in English for my feet hurt that um yeah and i also and then i had shin splints oh and um i had to get off the trail um like around mile 300 to um let my shins recuperate and that was i was like oh my god what if i don't 
like what if I can't get back on the trail? What if I or like you, you know, I googled shin splints which you should just not do <laughs> and it said you know that it could be all this this other stuff and so i was sure that whatever i you know had done something worse but then it got better and then i got back on the trail and then like slowly i learned how my body likes to walk and i my feet are um like flintstones feet now and so i learned that i need to have a size 11 shoe <laughs> um, because they don't make women's, like, I need a, my, my foot's a square. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've changed and just melded into the ground. They have. And they don't make, you know, wide enough foot boxes. Or the ones, like, the ultras are wide, but they're, um, zero drop. But I need, like, that didn't work for me either. So, you know, anyway, you learn about this, these weird little things about your body. Out of all the experiences out there, I think that foot pain might be the one thing that brings together all long-distance thru-hikers. There's just no way around it. At some point, your feet are gonna hurt. With that said, let's check in with Sina. Hey, this is Sina from the PCT. Um, today we're talking about scrapes and bruises, and of course, what else? Blisters. <laughs> the bane of my existence. Um, now that I've been on the trail for quite a few weeks, you know, the first two weeks were the worst, uh, every day there, there was a new blister somewhere and it seemed like they were just forming on any and all parts of my feet. Now I'd have to say, you know, I'm still getting blisters. I actually have one in the shape of a heart underneath my left foot. Um, and it hurts. It's like kind of almost on the ball of my feet. So, you know, every time I'm taking a step, it hurts. And I actually got a shin splint for the first time last week. And it's still a little achy right now, but it's very minor. I know sometimes they can be extremely debilitating, but thankfully mine wasn't too bad and it just reduced my mileage. So I was only doing about 11 miles. Um, that was right after I did my first 20 mile or on the PCT. So I probably just stressed it out. And, uh, yeah, so... The shin splint was interesting. I'd always heard about it, had friends who'd had them. I know some people actually, you know, quit the PCT or they had to take a week or two off to get better. So thankfully that didn't happen with me, but I did take my time and lost a couple of my friends in the process because they were speeding through and, and I was slowing them down. So but that's the beauty of hiking solo. I can just go at my own pace and depending on my injuries, it doesn't really matter you know, as long as I get there and that's all that matters. As for blisters, uh, what else? I would have to say one thing I've noticed, um, it seems like everyone's bodies are different. Some people get blisters in weird places. Some people don't. It really depends on the shoes, socks. One thing I have noticed is with women, we tend to get these little, I call them mohawk pinky toes because the skin, I don't know what happens. Maybe it's just our feet are pudgier or squishier. But they get squished to the point where at the top of the pinky nail, it looks like a mohawk. And the first few days when this is forming, it's, it's very uh, sensitive, extremely, extremely sensitive. And uh, after that, though, it just calluses up and you just have this little pinky toe mohawk. And 
You know what? I've, it's yet to hurt again since that point. So I'm happy with it. I'm pretty sure somebody with a foot fetish would never want to date me ever again after this trail, but I'm willing to take my chances with that because so far I'm having a blast. Um, yeah. And right now I'm just hanging out at Big Bear, uh, with my friend and I was going to talk to some other people. I know that we've all been comparing our blisters and, a huge topic amongst us is, of course, blisters and pains, but just like a zombie movie. <laughs> My friend actually compared it to a zombie movie. She said, you know, the first person to admit that they're her, you know, they, uh, they're going to be the first to go. So everyone's a little wary about complaining or talking about a certain injury for fear of, you know, being the weakest one in the pack. So... That's actually something that I'm curious about, and I, I'm going to be doing some interviews later on as well with others when I'm back on the trail. And yeah, so that's it for today on the blisters and the pains and aches. I know one thing that always helps me when I get into town is an Epsom salt bath. I've been doing that. I've started this ritual where I do a bath for at least at least 45 minutes it's with hot water and, you know, a ton of Epsom salt and a glass of wine or two with it doesn't hurt either. <laughs> so that's what I would recommend. Also calm this, uh, natural vitality calm. I take it when I have hot water since I'm going stoveless, but it has a lot of magnesium and it helps the muscles and I'm never sore really these days. I'm not sore muscle wise. It's just blisters on the bottoms of my feet that cause issues. And of course it's swelling as well. Um, I tend to be the only person I've met so far on the trail that has this, but my feet swell, especially in the heat to monstrous proportions. I mean, my friend was teasing me on the fourth day that my feet looked like an eight month, uh, it looked like I was pregnant, um, and about to give birth, you know, it was like eight or eight and a half months along. So they were pretty big and they were really hard to walk on. It was like walking on two balls and they were extremely sensitive. So I looked it up. I only found one other hiker online that had that and their solution, which I found to be actually very useful. And I've been able to do more mileage since doing this is every two and a half miles. And sometimes I switch that to three or three and a half, depending on if I'm going up or if I'm just going down or if it's just flat land. But Roughly every three miles, I'll just stop what I'm doing, find a shady spot that's hot, uh, and put up my feet on my pack or on a rock or on a tree or whatever's convenient. So elevation key. So every three miles, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm feeling great, I'll stop, elevate my feet and I can actually go longer because I do that. So hopefully, you know, should there be anyone with that issue, hopefully that helps you out. I know it seems silly sometimes to be on the trail with your feet up every hour, but Hey, if it helps you get through the miles, I say go for it. So that's it. Trails from the sounds. And this is Sina from the PCT out. So always good to hear from our hikers. It sounds like Sina is out there crushing it and figuring out some tricks to deal with all the aches and pains. I know that for myself, my favorite thing to do with blisters I mean, I don't really know if favorite is the right word, but my, my best way of taking blisters was at the end of the day when I was getting ready for bed, I would take a needle and thread and I would pull a thread all the way through my blister, and then I would leave the thread in there overnight um, with little tails sticking out. 
And what this did was it allowed the blister continued to drain overnight instead of filling back up. And if you did this correctly, eventually the blister would sort of just harden to a callus and it wouldn't be so bad the next day. Wasn't that great at the time. Anyhow, Sign is out there crushing it. Kim Chi has finally gotten started. She is on the Appalachian Trail, hiking with Storybook at the time. And we are finally going to get to hear from her. We are first going to hear from Kim Chi at mile 0.0 at Springer Mountain, and then a little bit later at nighttime with Storybook. Here she is. All right. Hey, this is Kim Chi coming at you from the Appalachian Trail. I'm standing at Springer Mountain. Got a couple of newbies up here, <laughs> um, and also some old friends as well, and some day hikers. Um, I'm standing here with... Dennis. Dennis. Dennis is a first-time thru-hiker, and he is hiking the Appalachian Trail. So, Dennis, where are you from? I'm from Boston, Mass. What made you decide to do the trail? <laughs> uh, you know, I think I, I was working, like, 70, 75-hour weeks between school and work, and uh, it hit me then that that wasn't the direction I wanted to go in. Uh, and then honestly, I was just out on a hike with a friend and I'm never happier than when I hike. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I could hike the AT between this job and my next one? And she said, go for it. And that was sort of just like the moment where, you know, she validated it and, and that was it. Since that was last May. So it's been about a year in the making. So have you done like any kind of preparation for the trail? Like how did you, like what kind of information did you get? What avenues did you go through if you went through any? Sure. I um I spoke with folks who'd already done it, and then I read uh, Appalachian Trials and uh, some posts on White Blaze, and um, I did a uh, I did a, a short like a five day trip in Shenandoah in November to get ready. But I'm also just sort of I'm not I'm not dead set on knowing everything when I start. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sending a lot of stuff home and making some mistakes, but. That's kind of what I'm excited for. Nice. So uh, if you could tell me like a couple things you're maybe scared about and maybe some things you're excited about. Sure. Uh, I think like wildlife when I'm sleeping in a tent, I'm not used to that yet. Even though like I know it's not an issue like so rationally, I know I'm fine. But then I hear like a squirrel outside and I think it's like a cougar or something. Uh, so that freaks me out still. It's like a nervous excitement. Uh, failing, I think, in my own eyes. Um, so I'm also like blogging and all that. And uh, so I have a lot of people following along. And, um, you know, if I don't finish, that's going to be embarrassing. I'm sure no one will think less of me. But so so that like not completing it. And I know a lot of people don't. So um, yeah, it's an attempted AT through hike for me right now. And then uh, as far as excitement, uh, eating like five or 6,000 calories a day. Uh, I biked across the country in 2008. So that was one of my favorite parts. And then also getting like really fit again. Um, you know, that's working 70 to 75 hour work weeks isn't conducive to health. Um, and I think just like meeting really cool people from all walks of life. Nice. Uh, so how long do you anticipate this taking you? Just, I just like to find this out for everyone because it never stays the same. I'm just wondering what, when do you think you're going to finish? <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, I, I'm like roughly estimating five months. Um, I, I think spring Mount, or not, uh, Katahdin closes in mid October, maybe a little bit later this year so that, you know, I don't really have more than six. Um, but five is kind of what I'm shooting for. I just want to finish before it closes. Before, ah, that's right, because it closed in October. Yeah. Um, any last words that you have to say before you actually start the trek? Uh, you know, I think, you know, 
for people that are out and listening, you know, and thinking like, wow, I'd really like to do that. Um, you should just do it. That's, that's, you know, find a way, figure out like what's, what's holding you back and see if you can address it. So that's probably it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a trail name soon. So (laughs) probably God only knows what's going to happen to any of us, but thanks for letting me interview you. Yeah, of course. And good luck from Springer Mountain, mile 0.0. Epic. Hey, this is Kimchi here, and I am currently laying in a tent with Storybook, (laughs) (laughs) and it's our first night, well, it's only our second night on the trail, but it's our first night uh, camping away from everybody else. We're totally doing something illegal, which is terrible. Um, We are at Jared Gap. We're about 27 miles in on the Appalachian Trail, and I don't know, it's kind of spooky. Apparently, there are a bunch of bears in this area. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to do like a little quick interview with Storybook and sort of talk about what's going on because she is my hiking companion. Um, I first met Storybook last year on the Pacific Crest Trail and I obviously loved her a ton, but, uh, she kind of randomly contacted me and said she was doing the Appalachian Trail and everything sort of aligned and she called me the night before I was getting on the trail and said, what are you doing tomorrow? And told her I was hiking the Appalachian Trail and she also was doing the same thing. So she picked me up and we started the trail together. Um, This is both of our second thru-hike. I've been interviewing people who mostly have only been doing their first thru-hike. But I thought it would be really cool to talk to Storybook for multiple reasons. But this is her second thru-hike. So I just kind of wanted to talk to her a little bit about what her experience was on her second thru-hike. Going to introduce you to Storybook. Hi, I'm Storybook. (laughs) (laughs) Storybook, how old are you? I'm 23 years old. Where are you from? I'm from California, Southern California. So you obviously had a pretty amazing time on the Pacific Crest Trail. What in God's name would make you come back and do a second trail after the first trail? I would have to say that that first trail impacted my life so much that afterwards I just felt, felt called back to it. I have so much left to learn out here and... This is the right place for me right now. So when you started the trail yesterday, what what kind of fears, like, what? how was your brain working going into your second thru-hike? What, how, what were you thinking about? That first day, I was really thinking about everything that I didn't do in town before I left for the trail <laughs> and all the people that I didn't see. Yeah, it was an interesting day. It wasn't necessarily like the best mentally. I was a bit upset with myself, but I had to get past that. Did you have any kind of fears about starting this trail? Like, I don't know, where what were you what did you what were you looking forward to least and then I guess what what do you think you were looking forward to most? I would say looking forward to the least is being by myself. Looking forward to the most is being by myself. <laughs> Good answers. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, just, I really, this, I really want you to give a description of what's going on right now, because I think this is pretty interesting. Well, to start, Kimchi told me that she wants me to make some decisions out here. It's not always going to be up to her, and so when we got to this point at about 5.30 today, and everybody was camped out, and there was a sensational fire going, She asked me what we wanted to do, and I said, I want to keep going. 
regardless of the fact that we were entering the bear territory in which we needed a bear canister to sleep at, upon which we have neither. You have one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a year sack. A year sack is, at this point in time, not allowed, or it's not... It's just not permitted. It's not a canister. You should tell... I mean, most of these people who are going to be listening to this have no idea what a year sack is. Okay, your sack is a, a pretty tough bag with a rope on it, and it's been tested, and bears can't get in it. It's Kevlar. Kevlar. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, can't, they can't untie the knot because they have bear hands, and, <laughs> and it's Kevlar, so they can't, like, they cannot bite through it. Uh, actually, if you guys want to go to um, look up your sack, which is what? Y-R? You are. Okay, so it's you are sack. There's a really funny video of bears just really trying to rip into this thing. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing about this because I'm slightly scared we're going to get eaten tonight by bears. I never felt like that on the Pacific Crest Trail, by the way. Um, which brings me to the next topic. What, <laughs> what do you think are the biggest differences between that trail and this trail and... I mean, how would you just describe this experience of going from one trail to another? I would have to say it's a bit easier mentally. Physically, it's by no means. I mean, I'm completely out of shape. It's entirely new. And this trail is by far so much harder from the beginning. It is absolutely destroying me in the best ways possible. Out uh, on the PCT. <laughs> go for it. This is great. Out on the PCT, I mean, it was... You're just walking in this great expanse and you can see everything before you. And out here, I've noticed that these mountains, they come upon you and you look ahead to see what's next and all you see is darkness. And when you see that darkness, you know it's a mountain. <laughs> and it's defeating almost. God, let's talk about the climbing real quick. It's steep uphill and it's steep downhill. Like there is, when you're going uphill, you don't even want to think about the downhill because you know it's going to be even more painful. It's so much different than the PCT, which was so gradual and downhill was like a saving grace, but out here downhill is just brutal and it really pushes on every part of you. I totally agree. Um, I would have to say from my perspective, the AT is not to be messed with. Uh, it's really not. People like to talk about this trail. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to have the easiest time ever since you already did the PCT. And we only did, what did we do, 18 miles, 19 miles today? Yes. So we did like 19 miles today. Which is huge. Which is huge on this thing. This thing is like seriously insane. It's, uh, man, it's like you're climbing up this giant monster's back, like straight <laughs> up it. And it's like, I mean, you're just going straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up. And then you finally get to the top and you're like, oh, wow, I've got a reprieve. And then nope, literally probably 15 feet you're going like within 15 feet of being up on top of something you're going right back down and then as soon as you get back down you're going back up again um i've noticed that so far again we're so not very far into the trail uh the trail kind of meanders um it meanders but it's meandering uphill the whole time <laughs> it's not it's not really you're not going on a flat line ever um and then there are shelters, and the shelters are totally different. On the Pacific Crest Trail, we were entirely camping outside. Uh, storybook, why don't you talk about the shelter situation? Last night's shelter? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it was one of the most miserable nights of sleep. <laughs> Kimchi and I arrived about 6 p.m., and there was about 14 men there. 
And we sort of just peeked inside the shelter, and it appeared that there was no space, but a gentleman that was standing there said, oh, we can make room. So there was one spot up in the loft and one spot below, and they said, oh, do you mind sleeping, like, not next to each other? And like, yeah. <laughs> okay. The shelter also is, like, uh, it's open. It's, three, go ahead, three-walled, right? Three-walled, indeed, yeah. So it's, like, a wooden three-walled lean-to, and uh, it's wooden, and it's, I mean, it's great. I think it's great as long as the wind's not blowing from the direction where it's open, which it wasn't last night. It was extremely warm and cozy. Extremely. I would say cozy, too, because literally there were, what, five, there were five of you down below? Yes. So five below, five bodies kind of crammed together below with maybe an inch between the, between the sleeping pads. Yeah. Same up top. I was up top with mostly old dudes and they snored a lot. And the dude next to me, I thought was battling a mouse the entire night. (laughs) That's what it sounded like. I woke up with men's underwear next to my head. (laughs) Probably because it was hot in there. Um... But it's really not, it's almost nice to have shelter, like to know that you can sleep in a place when it's raining. It rained last night uh, on the Pacific Crest Trail. We, <laughs> man, if that, it was raining, you just didn't have that luxury. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Um, I'm trying to think of, of other stuff we could talk about. Like, what do you, just because this is such a different trail, I mean, my experience is probably slightly similar to yours, but you're going through a lot of different stuff too. Um, I mean, what are your goals for this trail? Gosh. I'd say to be secure alone out here. But then again, I I don't necessarily seek to be by myself, but just to be... To find a sense of peace when I'm walking by myself. I think walking by myself is the most challenging part at this point in time. Huh. I was going to say, because we're laying in a tent together right now. We're both scared of the bears. <laughs> Um, which obviously I have to be by myself too, but, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a good call. So what, let's just go through, like, I, I've been thinking about talking to people who don't through hike about goal setting in general. Um, because I think we just laid here for about 15 minutes and we looked through our data book. Uh, and for those who don't hike, if you ever want to know anything about through hiking, there are multiple data books that you can buy for each trail. Um, so we looked through our data book together and we kind of made some goals for tomorrow. Uh, we're going to take it easy tomorrow. We only have, how many miles do we have to get into town? Jeepers. 69 and we're at 27. Okay. So we don't have that far. So we decided that tomorrow we're going to do what? A 16? A 16 miler. And then a following day we're going to do a what? I believe a a 15 miler. A 15? And then we're just... an 18. Oh, I think it is an 18. Okay. So these are the things we do. Like today we, we kind of set out to do a 20, um, but we got to this super sketchy bear area and decided to call it a day because the sun was going down. We had to hang our food up, which again, I don't think I ever did on the PCT. <laughs> I did once. I climbed up a tree. Um, the reason why bear, you know, you have to hang your food. That's another big difference about this trail is that there are so many people on this trail Animals are very humanized. Um, there's, I've noticed quite a bit of trash on this trail. And I'm going to urge all of you people, if you're listening to this, to please pack out every single thing that you take on the trail with you. 
anytime. If you're going out in the daytime, if you're going out for a little day hike or you're going out for a little backpacking trip, pack it out. Pack all of it out because that's the only thing that's been bothering me. Is Yeah, it's an eyesore. Yeah, I mean, have you noticed that? Absolutely, and like I, I hesitate because I really want to pick it up, but then I think about, I mean, I selfishly am like, oh, but it's just heavy and there's so much and I can't pick it all up and it doesn't make sense to just pick up one thing. I just, I really struggle with seeing the garbage and there is so much of it out here. So if you're going to decide to go on a little trip and you need to pack in all your little stuff, you need to pack it out. Um, beer cans, the whole nine. Take it out because honestly, all it does is make bears like to come and hang out, which is why we're so freaked out right now. And it also just looks terrible and it's extremely terrible for the environment. Um, probably dragging this little bit on because I am scared to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> but I do have storybook here. I'm really excited that we, I hiked with her briefly on the Pacific Crest Trail. And I say briefly because a hundred miles is nothing on the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm. And I think that's what we hiked together roughly, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I get to spend a lot of time with her. I'm really excited. And you're probably going to be hearing from her quite a bit, actually. Um, anything else that you want to say before we sign off for now? I would say follow your heart and get on that trail. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> now we're going to get in our sleeping bags and try and stay warm and fall asleep. Peace out. Well, with that, we wrap up the third episode of Sounds of the Trail podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, before we go, just a little bit of last minute business. Just to let you guys know, we are on iTunes, so if you like to listen to your podcast through iTunes, you can go ahead and check us out, either through iTunes or the link on the website. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, please give us a rating. It really helps out our visibility. And with that, I think that's all we have. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, If you come by the website, please don't forget to leave a comment and say hi, and I'm going to keep asking until somebody does. (laughs) So come on over and... That's it. Till next week. This is the first haiku I wrote while hiking the Pacific Crest Trail um, very early on. Don't exactly remember when. Sore feet, sore feet, ouch. No single step for granted when you have sore feet. Thanks, Dernap. You're welcome, Gizmo. <laughs>